Welcome to Capital Link's Trending News podcast series. In this series, we have the opportunity to discuss with company management on recent news and announcements they have made. I'm Nicolas Bornois, president of Capital Link, and we have with us today Dr. Lucas Barparis, the president of Safe Balkos Inc. Our discussion will touch upon the company's Q2 2023 results briefly, and mainly uh, will focus on Safe Balkos development strategy and the dry bulk sector outlook. A quick reminder on the disclaimer that our podcasts are provided purely for informational and educational purposes. They do not constitute investment advice or investment advice of any kind and Catalink bears no responsibility for their content. As a reminder, Safe Bulkers is an international provider of marine dry bulk transportation services, transporting bulk cargos, particularly coal, grain, and iron ore, along worldwide shipping routes for some of the world's largest users of marine dry bulk transportation services. The current fleet is comprised of 44 vessels on the water with a new building, uh, additional new building order book of eight vessels scheduled for delivery between now and the Q2 of 2025. And the company's common stock trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker SB. And in addition, there are two preferred uh, stock issues, series C and D, trading again the New York Stock Exchange. And, and Capital Link is the investor relations advisor to Safe Bulkers. So, Lucas, welcome. As mentioned, that discussion will be mainly on company strategy uh, and the uh, dry bulk sector outlook. So, let's start with uh, the first question. Uh, your, 20, your Q2 2023 results were recently announced on July 26. As mentioned, uh, we experienced a soft market in the second quarter compared to that of last year, which obviously accounts for the lower net income and EBITDA. But share with us, please, the major highlights of Q2 2023 in terms of market conditions and, of course, company performance. Uh, Thank you, Nicholas, and uh, good morning to all. Uh, it is correct that uh, the market was uh, weakened during the second quarter of uh, 2023. Uh, overall, uh, we had the time charter equivalent uh, of uh, about 17,000. Uh, and uh, the important thing to note is that uh, we relied also on a number of uh, uh, charter contracts that were, were uh, agreed in the previous periods. And uh, just to remind you that uh, while even today, the market of uh, caves is at about uh, 15,000, uh, we have uh, all our caves suffered for, for two years at uh, 22,000 uh, average daily charter rate. Uh, the important thing to note is that uh, we have uh, um, strong liquidity. This is our important uh, uh, issue. Uh, we have uh, we maintain a low leverage about 35 percent and uh, uh, we continue our uh, dividend policy as it was uh, declared in the past we have paid our seven we are paying our seven uh, quarterly dividend of uh, five cents uh, per share lucas thank you uh for uh, this uh overview of uh of the market and the company performance. Now let's move to fleet development, which is a key issue for safe buffers. Uh, you and other members of the executive team have highlighted in many instances that safe buffer strategy focuses on 
fleet environmental competitiveness. Now, what does this mean and why is it important? Um, what it means, uh, back in the past, in 2019, 2020, we, we started a, a new big program uh, which uh, overall on aggregate is uh, 12 uh, new big vessels. We have taken delivery of these of, uh, four vessels uh, until today. And uh, by the beginning of 2025, we will have uh, eight more to go. And the characteristic of this vessel is that uh, we have, uh, they are phase uh, three, which means uh, that uh, uh, they comply with a reduced uh, energy uh, consumption, fuel consumption by 30% compared to 2008, and uh, which also corresponds to 30% reduction uh, at least in uh, CO2 emissions. Uh, and of course, you understand that uh, if we have, let's say, this reduction, uh, the, the vessel is substantially more competitive compared to the vessels in the market. Uh, the other part is that uh, uh, we, 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 we have planned a very uh, carefully uh, environmental upgrading program of the remaining fleet, uh, which includes um, uh, low friction paints and ducts, various energy devices that are being installed during a, a number of dry dockings that we are doing uh, this year. Uh, and this uh, reduces uh, the uh, energy consumption uh, by let's say seven to twelve percent, depending on the, the the type of the vessel. This is very important because uh, you know in 2023 all the vessels will be classified in uh, IMO categories and greenhouse gas IMO categories from A to E, and uh, uh, vessels which will be at the E category, at the E class, uh, will need to do additional investments uh, uh, in order to continue. Uh, their trading, so it's important for us to to be able to uh, to compete on this level, and we we will have by 2025 about one fourth of our fleet uh, phase three vessels. Lucas, if I can interject one question here, uh, we talk about uh, these vessels being more competitive. So, for the average investor out there, what does it mean practically? Uh, the, the, I mean, uh, I, I would answer this uh, twofold. First of all, when a vessel is more competitive, so it burns, let's say, less fuel, uh, it means that uh, uh, it can gain more charter higher compared to a, a more uh, heavy vessel, heavy burning uh, vessel. Uh, the second point is that uh, uh, thereby there might be restrictions. Uh, from charters or several ports uh, in terms of uh, this classification. And uh, uh, I would say that vessels uh, with, uh, which are classified as E will not be wanted for uh, transportation. Uh, and now, uh, the most important thing that we all know is that uh, already Europe, and uh, this continues with uh, uh, United States and China and, and IMO, uh, have uh, have uh, developed uh, a taxation schemes. So we know in Europe we have the ETS uh, and the PLU. All these uh, taxation schemes uh, um, target uh, are targeting to push uh, the less efficient vessels out of the market, and uh, we we don't want uh, our vessels to be out of the market in 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 few years time. And I think it's worth mentioning uh, not only that uh, you are investing in. Uh, 
uh, energy efficient uh, vessels, meaning lower consumption, but you have also installed scrubbers on a number of the vessels, which allow you to capture an additional, uh, they have an additional impact on profitability. Yes, look, in, uh, this is correct. I mean, if you assume that we do not sell uh, or acquire other vessels from now until 2025, about one fourth of our fleet, let's say 12 vessels will be phase three vessels, uh, uh, 12, uh, such vessels, 12 more will be uh, uh, eco ships built, uh, which are quite efficient also built after 2014. And uh, by the end of this year, uh, 20 vessels will be uh, environmentally upgraded. So overall, the fleet will have a very good uh, uh, competitive advantage compared to other fleets, because uh, you know that uh, uh, most of the vessels out there, the vast majority, uh, do not correspond to any phase. Uh, and uh, so we'll be able to compete. The, the other fact, fact, as you mentioned, is that uh, uh, we have installed uh, scrubbers uh, in all heavier consuming vessels and in all capes, there is another one that will be installed towards the end of this year or the beginning of the next one. And this gives us a competitive advantage because from the 1st of January 2025, even Mediterranean will be an eco zone where you need to, to use to burn low sulfur fuel oil 0.1%, which means that the advantage will be increasing as we go forward with these uh, vessels. And this corresponds again to our ability to burn uh, uh, the, the standard uh, fuel oil with 3.5% and uh, reduce it uh, through scrubbers uh, to, uh, to less than 0.1%, and um, which is cheaper. So this uh, will correspond to our uh, ability and our revenue. So now you, you have also stated that you want to keep low levers, but uh, you have uh, eight vessels to be delivered, uh, being built right now. So how do you plan to finance these deliveries? Um, look, first of all, I mean, we have substantial liquidity and lines that we can use. Uh, the second is that as you have uh, noted, uh, uh, we have uh, established a reasonable a dividend policy, which was not excessive in uh, in the past, uh, and we have and we are directing a, a portion of, of our free cash flows to this to such investments because the target is not to overlever the company. And uh, as we said, we already uh, we were able to finance all these facilities uh, from uh, uh, from this uh, from the existing cash or the one that has been contracted. Just to remind you is that uh, uh, a part of the of the cash that we have uh, that we have on hand uh, uh, the total uh, capex is about 210 million and the contracted revenues for the future years is about uh, 232 million so uh, we we have the ability to to fund this uh, we have uh, about 300 million in terms of liquidity uh, so i think that uh, this can be done uh, very comfortably this uh, uh, this uh, financing. Uh, I, um, and another important thing to note is that uh, the, scrap, the scrap value of our fleet is about uh, is uh, close to 400 million, while the debt is about 450 million. So even uh, for a fleet that you have that has uh, a, on average 10 years old uh, age, um, the the value of the of the scrap is uh, almost close to 
the value of the debt. So I think that we can feel very comfortable and our investors could feel very comfortable on these uh, on these uh, things. Uh, 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 one point additional that I would like to mention is that uh, this, I mean most of the fleets out there are aging. This is very important because uh, I don't know many companies that will be able to maintain their age. So in 2025, we will maintain the average age of 10 uh, ships if we don't sell anything. Uh, although uh, there will be, it will be, let's say, two to three years later that we'll get uh, uh, eight ships, uh, eight additional new builds uh, uh, that will be delivered from now until then. So we maintain uh, the average age, uh, we upgrade the fleets, uh, we maintain low leverage. So I think that overall we, are, we should be a compelling story for uh, our investors. Lucas, let's move now to the buybacks. Uh, you recently announced the suspension of the share buyback program. So I wanted to ask you, what does this mean? Is the program terminated or is it just paused? And what were the reasons behind this decision? Look, the, I mean, um, we always uh, choose uh, the price levels where we uh, we buy back uh, the price. And the suspension doesn't mean that... Uh, uh, we will not uh, have a, a buyback program in the future. Uh, actually, we have executed a, a quite uh, a substantial buyback program of uh, 10 million, and uh, we had the approval of, from our board of about uh, five or million uh, on this respect. So we will do what it what it is needed. Uh, uh, the company allocates its funds on, on, on to, the, to the best of the circumstances. So I would feel that uh, we need to. To enhance a buyback program, we do it. If we feel to, to, that uh, it's a time to, uh, to, to, to do a, an additional investment, we can do it. Uh, I think that the, there will be many opportunities that the market will give us. So we want to be to have a strong liquidity. But if I understand correctly, the program has not been terminated. It is effective, just paused, and you can resume it whenever you feel that the opportunities are right. Am I correct? We, we can always, uh, we can always uh, resume this uh, buyback program. And uh, uh, the fact that has stopped uh, now, it doesn't mean that uh, there will be no buyback program in the future. On the other hand, what we are trying to do is that uh, uh, we, uh, we, we want to see the market and how it develops, what are the opportunities that will give us we want to see how it will develop in uh, in uh, September, October, uh, and uh, this this will be a, a decision making process on how to allocate the funds and whether we will be will uh, let's say go towards buying back our shares or do something uh, different or do another investment because the company itself is in a quite good position, I would say. I mean, we have the liquidity, we have uh, the new business, we have low leverage, so we can do whatever we want. The allocation can change from time to time. But this doesn't mean that uh, uh, there is no uh, there is no uh, intention to buy back more shares in the future. So let's now move on to the dividends, which is another important way to reward your shareholders. You announced your seventh consecutive dividend quarterly of five cents per share. So annualized, based on current share prices, that's about 6% uh, yield. Any remarks on your uh, dividend policy? 
Look, it was very, I mean, you know that uh, our uh, management uh, has a, a share participation of more than 40%. Uh, so we will always be the first to uh, want to maintain or to, to boost up the dividend. Uh, but we have said a couple of things always that, first of all, we don't want to undermine the uh, the ability of, of the company and uh, its operations by providing uh, extremely extremely high dividends that we have seen other other companies have provided uh, in the past. Uh, what we want is that we want always to we will never uh, borrow money to pay the dividend. We always have a need to have a free cash flows in which we have. Uh, we have contractual agreements uh, that, that run for several years, and we want to maintain this dividend. I think we are happy, we are conservative with the dividend policy, but this uh, means that uh, we will be able to increase the wealth of the shareholders gradually through the acquisition of the new builds that we have done at, at substantially earlier stage. Imagine even now that uh, there is a crisis, the Japanese vessels that we have ordered it cost uh, uh, about uh, 40 million if you want to order, and it will, they will be delivered after 2025 or 2026. And we get all the vessels until then. And uh, the average cost of these vessels is about 32, 33 million. Uh, this means that um, there is a, an a, a inherited advantage on uh, our early ordering of such ships, and which at the end of the day, at some point, will pay back all shareholders who trust the company. Very interesting. So, Lucas, now, since we talked about the fleet, you have 44 vessels in the water, eight more coming. Any plans for uh, additional uh, fleet expansion? You, you always seem to be active in the S&P market. Uh... Look, I always uh, want to say that, uh, I mean, we never uh, stop be, to be active in, the, in, in any market. Um, the question right now is that uh, in the previous uh, period, as you have noticed, is that we bought, we have ordered 12 uh, ships. The question is what to, to do in the future, because uh, there are several parameters and we need to examine very carefully what are the alternatives of what will be the new fuels, or what will be towards which direction uh, uh, the market will uh, progress. So. We are um, constantly monitoring the situation and we will see how we will react at the right moment. But just uh, to let you know that uh, we are not uh, passive, even if we are not doing anything, we are very active in monitoring and analyzing uh, all the events worldwide. So now let's go to uh, essentially our last, but definitely not the least of the questions of our um, discussion, the dry bulk sector outlook. Now. When we read the news, it seems everybody wants to be in the dry bulk sector. You see listed companies that are not in the dry bulk sector expanding into it. Um, you see a lot of uh, you know, buying of sales of other companies and so on. So it seems everybody wants to be somehow uh, in the dry bulk sector and have bigger exposure to that sector. So can you tell us uh, what is your take on the market outlook? Yes, okay, I, I can analyze that in, an, in a, let's say, a reverse way. The, the important thing here is that we have an order book, say, of about 6.5%. So the order book for the next uh, three years is very low. 
the positions the shipyard is occupied by other types of vessels. And, uh, and uh, if you go to order something in any shipyard, it will be 2026, 2027. So the questions from the supply side is, um, is, uh, is self-answered. The, the important thing now is what the demand we do. And we have seen that uh, gradually uh, the increasing interest rates worldwide from all banks are imposing a, a, a barrier of uh, uh, increasing GDP. I, I mean, shipping and the dry bulk shipping wants uh, uh, overall global uh, GDP to go high. Uh, and um, when there are such fears, uh, there are concerns about uh, the shopping market. Uh, I, I don't believe this will be forever. I think that at a certain point of time, uh, the problems, uh, the inflation report problems will be resolved. At a certain point of time, uh, the global economy will start uh, improving uh, quite quickly. Uh, and uh, so at that stage, we will see the demand picking up. It will be a, 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 a demand-driven cycle because the supply of vessels is already what it is. Uh, as you mentioned, the important thing that uh, we've no, we, we have all noticed is that uh, many companies, although without presence in the past in the tribal, they will have invested. And uh, I would say it's somehow weird that... Uh, uh, all the dry bulk companies are trading substantially below NAV, while uh, many uh, many ship owners, many ship owning companies are investing in dry bulks at NAV. Uh, at certain point of time, we hope that this will, uh, I mean, <laughs> the gap will uh, will be reduced. Yeah. So, Lucas, let me ask you the last question about the Ukraine. Uh, would Russia pulling out of the Ukrainian grain uh, agreement? What does this mean for uh, for shipping? Look, uh, the trade in Ukraine in uh, in the Black Sea uh, is important for uh, for grains, uh, and uh, this has a, a, an effect. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the ships now have to go. Of course, uh, the the grains, uh, the price of grains will increase because of the reduced production, and uh, many uh, and the vessels need to go to a to long distances to bring uh, uh, to, to bring grains back to, let's say, to Europe or uh, to China. Uh, this is important because uh, uh, the distances will be increased. I've seen that the market recently is somehow improving. There are certain better assets for the fourth quarter, but we need, we need to see what will be the development. The, 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 big, uh, the big picture always stays with China. Uh, China is, is a very important role, and India is playing also an additional role right now. But China is a very important role in dry uh, bulk and will continue to be like that for the following years. So we hope that uh, more demand will be will be created there. Any closing remarks before we uh, finish our discussion, uh, Lucas? I would like to thank, first of all, uh, you and Capital Link and uh, for uh, the continued support. I would like to thank all the investors that uh, have seen this uh, podcast and uh, about uh, the trust that uh, they have to our management. 
Uh, I think we are always uh, in the forefront of the, of the technology, we monitor the situation, and we have created the last, uh, the last few years a very strong company with strong liquidity, with the ability with a, with a low level, 75%, uh, and, uh, and with a fleet which is uh, improving, it's uh, upgraded with uh, new technologies. Uh, we, we, we could continue to do that, and uh, the target is uh, to be able to, uh, to be in the market on the basis of environmental performance, because this is something that uh, has come to stay. It's not going to end uh, shortly in, in two or three years. We have ahead of us 2030, which is a landmark that we need to achieve uh, very substantial reductions and the legislation so worldwide will uh, stage and towards this direction and we will be there to be competitive. Lucas, thank you very much. So this concludes our discussion. We had the opportunity to discuss with Dr. Lucas Bamparis. He is the president of New York Stock Exchange listed Safe Bulkers. And this podcast will be available for replay upon demand whenever you want. Lucas, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, Nicolas. Bye-bye. 